0: They're not scared of you. They're scared of what you represent to them. Amen. All we represent to them, man, is somebody who needs a haircut.
1: Oh, no. What you represent to them is freedom.
0: What the hell's wrong with freedom, man? That's what it's all about.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. That's what it's all about. Just what is it that you want to do? We want to
0: be free to ride. We want to be free to ride on machines without being hassled by the man.
1: All right, welcome everybody to Chopper Profits. I'm Mike, I'm your host. Uh, today I have a very special guest with us. We've been trying to hook up interviews for a couple weeks, and um, the duties of fatherhood have kept us apart. But uh, tonight I'm joined by Matt Brielle. Welcome, Matt.
0: Hey, what's up?
1: I've got you on the line finally.
0: <laughs> yeah, sorry.
1: <laughs> no, no, it's all good. I, you know, before the show we are talking about uh, a little bit about fatherhood and the fun, the ups and the downs of it. Um, I found Death Science. Well, I found the blog probably about, I don't know, six six to eight months ago. And, um, there was something, I don't know, you guys must have injected cocaine or something into your site because I kept wanting to come back to it. And, um, (laughs) and I got more hungry and more hungry to see pictures and, uh, know what was going on. Depending on
0: on when you hit our blog, it might have been more than our site that had cocaine in
1: it. That's fine too. Nice. Um, and I got interested in you guys as individuals, um, not in like in a stalker way, but definitely um, I think what it is is that I I saw you guys and I see pieces of myself and um, something that I could connect to. Oh, you're to. a stalker. Yeah. <laughs> I saw I saw that you guys were might be stalkers, I don't know.
0: <laughs> but we definitely are stalkers, <laughs> for sure. Ask my current girlfriend. <laughs>
1: nice. There's no better way to start out a relationship than stalking. I agree. Uh, and, uh, I don't know what it was again that just kept me coming back. Um, but I, I had, I told myself I got to get to know these individuals. For one, um, the videos that, uh, Senor Thomas has been turning out are fantastic. Seeing you guys ride, seeing you guys be together, there was something there that attracted me. That brotherhood, that, I don't know. It's just, I can't even put a word around it except for cool. And I know it's kind of not a good word to explain it, but, um, i want to find out a little bit about you and what makes matt tick um other than titties and beer (laughs) (laughs) other than the obvious um yeah tell me what got you interested in mechanical things or motorcycles to be specific
0: um well mechanical things ever since i was a kid i mean my dad always had cars he was working on and shit like that and few motorcycles or whatever, and I had uncles that were into bikes and stuff, I mean, I grew up around it, but, um, motorcycles came later, I mean, uh, Tim and I were into hot rods and just old cars, and just kind of got sick of messing with them, man, because they're too expensive, they're too big, it's too much time, it's frustrating, there's, and with cars, there's not, and I'm sure some car people out there are going to get pissed, but I don't think there's the type of brotherhood that there is, like, with motorcycles and shit. Like, you know, you get a bike and you start hanging out with other dudes that have bikes and it's a completely different thing. And so I think that, you know, also growing up I had dirt bikes and stuff and it was an easy transition just to get a bike one day, get a Harley and start, you know, fucking around and it was just kind of natural. So probably, I don't know. 11, 12 years ago, maybe longer. Tim and I just sort of got rid of all our old cars and stuff and started picking up bikes and working on bikes and making them look like shit and riding them <laughs> around and, <laughs> what your, uh,
1: and What was your what was the first bike that you picked up?
0: My first bike that I uh, that I bought was a Triumph uh, it's a Twin 650 Bonneville. I believe it was a 72, but I can't remember for sure, Mm -hmm. and I promptly decided I was going to chop it up and did what I thought was a rad job, but I'm sure I thoroughly fucked it up and (laughs) suckered some dude in California to buy it off me on eBay.
1: That was you? No.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, dude. (laughs) That was probably, I don't know. 10, 11 years ago, and then after that, it was, you know, Harleys.
1: And what was your first Harley that you owned? Just curious.
0: An Ironhead, like every other broke-dick dude on the planet. Yeah.
1: That, it you would know? have been, that probably would have been my first bike had I done a little research beforehand.
0: Actually, they're not bad. I've had plenty of them, but, you know, that was my first one, yeah.
1: Awesome. Did you, um, you mentioned that your dad had cars and stuff when you were growing up. Uh, was it, what kind of cars was he into was he into more like uh, hot rods or was he into like the the later you know 60s 70s type uh cars or did it did it even matter he just loved all cars
0: it didn't really matter because most of my dad's cars he came by from some sort of illicit or shady drug deals <laughs> he was like they were mostly muscle cars or shit like that dudes would owe him a ton of money for for weed and drugs and He'd somehow come by their car, the pink slip to their car, and so I mean, uh, the ones that stand out is he had like a, a really rad GTO that I really liked, he had a pretty bitch in Nova, a few others, you know, he had a, a 67 Impala that was super rad, it got impounded, but um, I mean, that's that's kind of where it came from.
1: Right.
0: His real love was uh, surfing and surfboards and drugs, so.
1: <laughs> we're, now was he? Were you guys living in North Carolina when he was surfing and stuff? No, I
0: grew up in I grew up in Florida. Okay, um, uh, central and North Florida. So I was born down in Melbourne, around Satellite Beach, okay. Cocoa Beach, Florida, and that's where my dad, both my parents are from. Um, and then uh, I don't remember what grade I was. Probably in fourth or fifth grade, we moved north to Jacks Beach, mm-hmm. uh, Jacksonville Beach, Florida. So. My dad always built surfboards he had a surfboard uh uh, shop and uh, he also had a little factory where he built boards and um yeah so he just kind of sort of came by cars and bikes and
1: yeah
0: given his his side trade which was actually his primary trade (laughs) obviously there was a lot of dudes on bikes that came around that you know
1: yeah you got to pay the bills man
0: I guess <laughs> my dad was a horrible drug dealer, though he was in jail more than he wasn't,
1: oh, yeah, that's not good business he was,
0: no, he's a terrible drug dealer. he was horrible at it
1: is your is your pop still alive? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good yeah. Is, hopefully he's uh retired, and if not, hopefully he's a little more successful now.
0: <laughs> you know, he found Jesus a few years ago, oh, so okay. I think Jesus talked him out of dealing the drugs and shit. And <laughs> they're doing pretty good,
1: good. So well that's good man. i'm always happy to hear you know people i mean some people can do it and and it not be a problem and then obviously when it turns into a problem uh sometimes people need the jesus intervention (laughs) yeah i mean work for him good um you know kind of staying along the same vein uh if you don't mind, let's talk about your mom. What was your mom doing while your dad was working on cars and while you were kind of growing up? And <laughs> what was her thoughts um, on everything?
0: Raising three kids and taking us to see him in prison and uh, trying to keep us from setting the house on fire, I guess.
1: <laughs> was it three boys or uh, girls and boys? No,
0: no. I had two sisters, but one of them was probably worse than me, so I'm sure my mom had her hands full. <laughs>
1: nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, Did she ever, was, was there ever any objection, you know, where you remember your parents arguing about him working on cars? I mean, let's exclude the whole, uh, extracurricular. No, I
0: mean, I think that anytime that he wasn't in prison and he was doing stuff with me, my mom was happy. So anytime that we were out in the garage or he also had a little bit of garage space at the shop where he built surfboards and stuff. I mean, anytime we were doing that stuff, she didn't care. I mean, you know, again, it was time that he wasn't <laughs> dealing yeah. drugs or, you know, serving time. So he was, she passing, was happy about it.
1: He was passing on a good trade, sounds like to you. Yeah. What, uh, how does, I mean, this kind of moves into the fatherhood question. Um, I know we were talking about your kids a little bit and, and my kids before the show. Um, how has uh, your dad's um, life been an impression on you as a father? Was there anything that he passed on to you? whether a do or don't type of
0: a lot of what not to do i learned (laughs) from my dad yeah um i think that parenting is instinctive i don't know that you take a lot of what your parents did into your parenting at least that's what i've found with me and most of my friends that have kids too they don't parent anything like their parents did and some of them do but I still think that it's mostly instinctual, you mm-hmm. know. Everybody parents their own way, and you kind of just you almost are forced to go with your gut, mm-hmm. you know. Everybody's kids are different. Everybody's parenting styles are different. What's good for my kids may not be good for your kids, and vice versa. And I, if I learned anything from my dad, as far as parenting goes, it was stuff not to do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think I think everybody can take some of that away from their parents. I mean, I know I had there's some things that. I didn't want to repeat like you're saying uh as as parents and having uh, that instinctual I know what I how I want to raise my kids and I want to you know do x y and z and I'm not going to repeat what my parents did. Yeah. Um well let's talk a little bit about uh death science cuz that's what first got me uh I guess wrapped um is having a bike, having a new bike and I'm not going to say what it is, but having a new bike and finding your site, I just became enthralled with, I think, even more with Choppers. And uh, obviously, your site was kind of a, a springboard because of the links that you guys have to different sites, and then also to show class and such. Tell me a little bit about how um, Death Science got started.
0: Um, well, there's, there's two facets of how it got started. The name itself, Death Science, comes from um, a side project Tim was going to do before we did this, he was going to try and start making knives, Mm -hmm. you know, like, uh, you know, and cast his own sort of handles for him and things like that. And Mm -hmm. he came up with the name death science originally for that. Never did it. And, um, not very long after that at all, we were in my garage working on one of my bikes and, um, the resin casting stuff I picked up from my dad. Obviously, he built surfboards all my life, so mm-hmm. I worked for him a lot, and so I knew how to use resin and shit, and I wanted, I wanted something cool on my bike that nobody would have, so decided to make my own taillight, and um, then we decided, well, this is kind of cool, other people might dig it, so let's make some other ones, and, you know, it kind of worked out, and we decided that we were going to sort of turn it into a company, and maybe make a little bit of money off of it and further our bikes along. And so we took that name because we thought it was a cool name. And somebody had coined, I don't know. I don't remember who it was. Honestly, it was so long ago, but it could have been, maybe it was Chopper Dave. I don't know who it was, man. But somebody made a comment one time about um, riding motorcycles being sort of akin to not only cheating death, but is kind of the science of death it was a weird mm. thing and we were just like yeah fuck it that'll work let's do that nice. and so that's kind of how it started and um it really started as more of a way to just make cool taillights and sell them and take that money and put it in our bikes and shit and as it sort of grew like a lot of our close buddies and stuff you know we wanted to kind of have a little group mm. and obviously the politics of having an actual club in most states right, is very thick right, and so it just kind of took on that whole thing just like everybody else like the Haints and some of the others, you know, it's just a group of friends like just kind of fucking around and riding motorcycles and so that kind of morphed into Death Science as a company as well and it just kind of, you know, we decided to start a blog and
1: mm-hmm.
0: start incorporating like the web into what we were doing and that's how it started
1: that's awesome. I love that story. It's uh I mean I'm a pretty entrepreneurial type of person. I I've typically been. I see something and I go after it and uh, <laughs> I mean in the sense of like, hey, I want to do that. Let's try that. And it's seems- like
0: Tim and I, I think in the span of his and mine relationship, we've known each other probably 11 years, maybe the longer. We've probably mm. owned <laughs> eight or nine <laughs> companies together like we we like something we're just like oh, all right let's do it like yeah we've had a skateboard company together a couple construction companies Death science the show class thing is primarily him and clark but mm-hmm. i mean you know why pay somebody else to do it when you can figure out how to do it yourself make a company out of it there you go go for it
1: <laughs> that's uh yeah i i definitely i'm sure if we three sat down and had some beers we'd probably share some funny stories or at least some interesting ones about <laughs> companies and we'd probably come out as business partners (laughs) right (laughs) i'd be okay with that um well as far as uh death science goes um how how well did the taillight venture take off for you guys i mean is that still a primary product for you guys or is it has it kind of uh, receded to be in shirts and stuff like that
0: the lights did really good for a couple years um to the point where we 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 wanted to back off them mm-hmm. just because like we just felt like it was getting saturated you know mm-hmm. like you just started seeing them everywhere and um i mean it was cool don't get me wrong it's really cool to see them you know we'd go some we'd travel somewhere and somebody has one of our tail lights or i mean it's really cool but at the same time we we sort of felt like at this point there's just there's just too many of them out there like yeah. you know so honestly right now we're not making any tail other than uh, Kind of an exclusive deal we have with a, a an on onta- an online re- retailer that we make them for, mm-hmm. um, and they sell them pretty decently still. But uh, outside of that, we don't really do a lot of them anymore. We do some custom one-off stuff for friends or people that contact us that want something like custom done. But mm-hmm. once that's done, we usually retire the mold and we don't. You know, uh, we have a bunch of new stuff we're working on though. Different products, uh, some casting stuff that. Uh, we're gonna have chopper Dave doing for us awesome. um, some other casting that we'll probably be doing in-house um, and some stuff like that but uh, I don't know what we'll do for taillights anymore if anything maybe yeah but we'll see
1: I think it's a um, I, I had the pleasure first of all meeting Dave uh, up at the um, the Godspeed art show in LA. Um, I'd been following him for some time on on uh, Instagram which, I, as much as I hate social networking, I dropped off Facebook and all that stuff, but uh, Instagram has single-handedly probably put me in contact with more people um, that are involved in chopper culture, um, including you know yourself and, and other folks. Um, it seems like a great guy. I, he's one guy that I'd, I'd love to have on the show, um, especially. Yeah, I want to ask him about his born free five build. That looks insane. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is insane. It's it's going to be different than anything else that's there, for sure.
1: I'm definitely looking forward to seeing it. Um, speaking of which, uh, are you guys coming out for Born Free?
0: Yes. Yeah. Show Class is doing a huge event the day before. Mm-hmm. Um, in partnership with uh, Grant and Mike for Born Free, we're doing a Friday event. So at Cook's Corner on Friday... It's gonna be an all day thing. We're gonna have uh, we'll have the show class People's Champs. Whoever wins that, yep. uh, by people's vote, their bike gets to go into the Born Free show the next day as one of the invited builders. So that's gonna be cool. Uh, we're gonna have camping, you know, food, music, beer, all kinds of giveaways, shit like that. So it's kind of an extension of Born Free. That's all awesome. just the day before. So yeah, we'll be out there. Um, we'll definitely be out there.
1: Are you I know this is probably the million dollar question, are you gonna If you can, are you going to ride it from North Carolina to California?
0: I am not. um, It's an issue of getting time off from work. Mm -hmm. Um, I pretty much used up most of my time off lately, (laughs) traveling back and forth from North Carolina to California at least once a month. But um, it's it's an issue of getting time off work, so I probably will not be. uh, uh, Myself and Jenny will probably fly out. Uh, some of the other guys are going to drive out and ride out. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Um, especially, uh, Tim and some of the other show class guys, they'll have to take a lot of merchandise and gear out. So might as well load the van up and hop on the bikes and go, but I won't be able to do this year.
1: Yeah. Now I totally understand that my, uh, I don't know about your company, but my company limits the amount of PTO you can accrue by making you use it by the end of the year. And I get yeah. why they do it from a business sense; it makes sense, you know. They get the liability off the books, but man, it sucks trying to save up, you know, four weeks worth of vacation if that. Um, so let's get back to um, <laughs> let's get back to death science because um, I've I started watching. I think the first video I saw was the one with uh, Charles Bukowski. I, hopefully, I said his last name right. Um, mm-hmm. Reading uh, style, and it was the video yeah. that Daniel put together. Um, was that shot at the death science quote unquote compound?
0: Um, The majority of it. Yeah. Any of the shots you see where we're all hanging out, doing stuff that was at the lab. That was kind of Daniel's resume to us. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, it was um, that wasn't something that we had asked him to do or sanctioned. It was something that he just kind of handed us and said, Hey, check this out. And it turned out to be really cool. You know? Yeah. Um, I mean, he'd asked ahead of time if he could come and, and hang out and film and stuff. And, Said yeah, but um, didn't realize what he was gonna do with it, or so that was the first one, and we were all pretty floored by that. Like, you know, yeah, wow, this guy actually makes us look cool, even (laughs) though we're a bunch of fucking. (laughs) So let's sign him up right away because if we get Daniel on our side, everybody's gonna think we're cool, and you know, who knows where that'll go? You (laughs) might score a chick on the internet, and you know. (laughs)
1: Man, I'm trying not to laugh in the microphone. We're doing this interview over uh, FaceTime because uh, Matt's in North Carolina and I'm here in Orange, California. And uh, if if I laugh too hard, I, I hear myself on your end. So, but it's it's true. That video, uh, it floored me. And then obviously the next you know subsequent videos. Um, but we're not going to make this interview about Daniel. He'll have his own time in, in the limelight. Um,
0: he's a great he's a great videographer. He's even better at editing. That's really his forte. I mean. mean he shoots good video but um he can take anybody's video that they've shot and and just edit it down in such a way that you're just like wow dude holy shit like you know so
1: you made you made my daughter's first steps look like an epic like you know four hour flick he'd win your daughter a fucking oscar son. that's so awesome he i've seen that just from in his videos uh that he's got that meticulous i guess we could take this back to also um taillights and even with your logo and merch and that that whole um i hate to call it merch because it's really not it's just an extension of you guys right it's the stuff you like it's the shirts sweatshirts yeah i mean
0: i think the way we've always approached it is we've been lucky that we know a lot of people who are really good artists or people have contacted us and just wanted to do stuff a lot of tattoo artists too that we know and Mm -hmm. i mean it's just stuff that we like and you know we'll print extras we used to print everything in-house so it was even easier for us you know we had a big four color press and a conveyor belt dryer and stuff and nice. we would just get artwork we liked and burn some screens and start printing shit and start drinking beer and printing and before you know it we got dozens of shirts and what we weren't wearing we fuck it we'll sell them and make some money and <laughs> put it back into whatever we're doing yeah it just that's that's how it started but
1: and it makes sense i mean you know my my experience with merch was terrible from a band experience but there's something that you said in there that's key when you print something, make sure that you take, you know, you can sell some of it or somehow get some money back from it because otherwise you end up with a terrible, terrible bill. Yeah. Um, let's talk about, uh, your current bike. What are you riding right now?
0: Um, a pair of Vans.
1: (laughs) Oh really? Did you sell it?
0: I sold, uh, the last bike I built, I sold, um, I had some financial responsibilities I needed to take care of, so I sold it, and I haven't got into anything right now. Um, I'm looking for something now, but currently, I just ride whatever's running at the shop or one of Billy's bikes or Daniel's or whoever's. doesn't really matter.
1: Yeah, I heard um, Billy's...
0: I ride anything. It doesn't matter. (laughs)
1: Nice. I heard Billy's... uh, He's been... He's got the shovel, right? Shovel head that... It's got the... I forget what they call those, like eight-spoke or six-spoke. Uh, invaders on invaders, it. Invaders, yeah. Yeah, he um, loves
0: to talk about his invaders.
1: <laughs> um, and then he also has a Sportster, right, that, that uh, Daniel's been wanting to get his hands on.
0: Yeah, he's got an Evo Sportster, which is, um, for a while, that was just kind of like our shop bike. I mean, yeah. everybody would ride it. I rode it on Revendron last year. It's a fun little bike. It's a well-built Evo. It's really
1: nice, Uh, so. That's awesome. It's I wish that uh, I've got a couple friends I ride with, and and I wish that uh, we did have a spare bike every once in a while. (laughs) My bike, obviously, it's an Evo, so it runs fine. Um, Other than the fuel injection, sucks when you change anything on it. If you change exhaust or intake or anything, but. Um. Let's talk about the inspiration behind Revenge Run, and was that. Was that kind of you and Tim getting together, or was that you? Was it a culmination of a couple people?
0: The first one was... It um, <clears throat> kind of came together on Chop Colt. Mm-hmm. Some, some guys, I don't even remember who, had uh, wanted to get together like a run or party in North Carolina, maybe on the coast, and... Um, <laughs> nobody was really doing anything with the idea, and then Tim... And another dude that we used to hang out with, but we don't anymore. Um, they were kind of like, well, you know what? We'll do it. We'll organize something and we'll, you know, we'll make a, a run and a party out of it. And um, I honestly don't remember who came up with the whole uh, sort of Blackbeard's thing, like, you know, and, and where the name Revengerin came from. But because the route takes you. Uh, across sort of central north carolina over to the coast and then down highway 12 which runs down the entire coast you end up on okra island which is supposedly where blackbeard's ship was sank hmm. um and so it just kind of became the revenge run you know blackbeard stomping grounds sort of uh, stuff like that and uh, the first year was really it was it was pretty fun i think there was probably 50 or 60 people there um the, the dude that was doing it with Tim sort of was no longer in the picture after that. Um, and then I sort of took up where he left off. And so for the second and third ones, uh, Tim and I did them, uh, as well as this year, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: has it been pretty awesome to see that how that run has matured? I mean, it's definitely an organic thing, because I know that uh, from just watching the video and um, reading various things on it, that you went from that you know 60 to whatever 70 people the first run to almost double the second and now it's like how how quickly did you guys sell out tickets this for revenge run this year
0: um it was like eight hours
1: wow i mean that's like the equivalent yeah. of uh you know uh i i just remember k-rock back in the day releasing tickets for some <laughs> band it was like they were gone within two hours that's like almost the same deal
0: yeah it went pretty fast last year it took about four days four to five days for the tickets to sell out but Mm -hmm. um this was also the first year that we weren't incorporating the uh the really long ferry which is like a two and a half hour ferry ride so i was able to allow more people to come on this time because the ferries greatly limited the amount of people we could get on to the ferries therefore on the run itself but um i think this year we're probably going to end up with around 200 bikes wow or at least that's that's what's on the registration docket. I mean, yeah. you know, come day of the run, obviously some people have to drop because of whatever, work, family, you know, things like that. But um, it's pretty cool. It's This year's been extra challenging, you know, to the point <laughs> where I have many times said, fuck this, I'm not doing this anymore. But <laughs> yeah. um, it's it's fun. Like, come the day of the run, most of it's worth it, you know. Yeah. It's a lot of fun and it's the The ride and the route itself is super fun. The, the scenery is incredible. We always have a good time. I mean, you know, it's all of the organizing and the planning and and all of the financials behind it and the sponsors getting lining all that stuff up and just all the shit that comes along with it. And then you mix yeah. that in with you know your daily life, what's going on there, your day job at work, and you know it gets pretty gnarly sometimes. But yeah. it's a lot of fun. I think this year is going to be actually. Probably the funnest year, I would imagine. But we'll see.
1: That's awesome. Like I was saying before we started recording, that's. Uh, I I chose to go on a different run this year, you know, with family life and stuff. And uh, but one of these years, I'm gonna I'm gonna get out there before Revenge Run ends. Before you guys get so fed up with it, you're done. <laughs> I'm I'm coming out there, and uh, we'll I'll
0: see. S- this might be the last year.
1: Tell Billy that he's gonna sit behind me. Riding nuts to butts and I'll, I'll, I'll drive the bike. You don't want him doing that, dude. No, <laughs> I'll get more than I bargained for. Probably. Uh,
0: if you want to have fun. You don't want Billy riding my honey. <laughs> um,
1: let's see. I, you know, I usually keep a little note card in front of me, of just like what topics to hit, but, uh, I feel like I could just keep, we could just keep chatting probably until you passed out since you're wasted this week. Um, from, not wasted from being doped up or drunk. <laughs> he's wasted people from watching his children because he's a good father. Thanks for
0: clarifying.
1: Absolutely. I, I don't want to perpetuate the rumors off of death science. <laughs> um, what about... Um... Most of
0: the guys are well, uh, well-equipped well and doing it themselves.
1: Yeah, right. Let's talk about your kids. What sure. Have, what have your kids taught you since you've been a father? <laughs>
0: A ridiculous amount of patience.
1: (laughs) I don't know if this happened to you, but for me, I learned how selfish I was when I had kids.
0: Um, you know, with my first one, that I I don't, I don't feel like that was really an issue. Um, Mm -hmm. at least for me, she was such an easy baby. Like I could take her anywhere. So if if her mom was like, "I'm going to do this," you know, "Can you take her?" I was just like yeah, whatever. I mean, she'd go to the shop with me and chill out, or Mm -hmm. it didn't matter, you know what I mean? Like, just a really easy baby, easygoing kid. Um, My twins were a whole other story, man. (laughs) Uh, I think I I definitely saw myself become a little more selfish when the twins came around, in the sense that you know, there were times where it was like, fuck, man, I can't wait till four o'clock, because then, you know, (laughs) mom's got them, and I can go do this, or like, you know, so it was more like, "Can't wait for some me time." Yeah. You know, but um, you know, maybe a few other areas, some selfishness might have come into play with the twins too. Uh, that's just a whole other ball game, dude. That's that's going from T-ball to the fucking major leagues, like yeah. in a span of nine months.
1: <laughs> Instead of nine so, innings, you get like right away. Yeah, I mean,
0: what's it's um, crazy?
1: What uh we'll, we'll kind of stay in the same vein of uh serious stuff but um i like to talk about and find out more about the people um who are behind the bikes who are behind you know whatever the brand because um, in the end i believe that it's the it's people that make a difference in our lives right it's it's our kids that change us it's our relationships with other people that uh, challenge us or make us better What, um, in your experience, or worse, or that's very true or worse. (laughs) Um, what is the worst thing to date that you've had to experience in your life and, and how'd you come through it?
0: Um, that's a tough question. I mean, uh, probably, I guess in all candidacy right now, I mean, you know, I'm going through a divorce, Mm -hmm. um you know, custody sort of things with my kids and, um, you know, there's stuff also going on around and inside of that and outside of that. So Mm -hmm. it's been pretty challenging the last nine months or so. Um, outside of that, there's probably been, you know, instances of tough shit but you know at that point you're younger and you're full of drugs and stupidity and (laughs) determination and so it doesn't really matter you get through it but uh, at at 38 and no drugs and not much determination left I'd say the last nine months have been pretty fucking challenging.
1: What's bringing you through these last nine months?
0: Um my kids, my girlfriend yeah uh You know, obviously all my death science brothers that I'm, you know, really close with, uh, Tim, who I talk to daily, Mm -hmm. you know, last 11 years, that's kind of, you know, him and I have always been there to sort of lean on each other or pull each other through the shit and, you know, slap each other around if we need to or (laughs) give the other one a hand job if it's necessary. (laughs) Whatever the situation calls for.
1: Right, you gotta help a brother out, I guess.
0: Yeah. Well <laughs> Southern hospitality, buddy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> nice. Man. I I um I can appreciate that about uh not the hand job part. I mean I guess I could appreciate the hand job, but I would hope so. <laughs> I definitely could appreciate
0: And you've never had one of mine, so don't you know, don't knock it, dude.
1: I won't. Uh I can definitely appreciate the friendship and uh brotherhood especially um there's there's some guys that i follow on instagram and i don't know if you guys fall in this category at all um but uh who have served in the military and um
0: we have some guys in our crew that uh, have served in the military um i personally have not i was one of those stupid not-nosed kids that said fuck the government and i'll never you know go fight their stupid wars i'd rather fight my own which was dumb but yeah. um uh, tim didn't serve either primarily for those same reasons but you know Kyle and Jay mm-hmm. uh, Murph those guys were all in the military Jay just uh, re-enlisted and I I think he just picked up a contract for Special Forces mm. um, so uh, we definitely have some of that in our group and definitely definitely are highly appreciative of all those who who did do it and are doing it
1: yeah that's kind of the, the point I was getting to is that uh, there's a brotherhood that exists in the military. I, I personally never went in full time. I did go through, um, I guess it was the equivalent. Well, I don't want to, I don't want to make any Marines mad, but it was the equivalent of the Devil Pups, but for the Navy. And uh, I've never had a brotherhood like that up until um, you know starting to ride. And it wasn't through people that I met through riding yet so much. It's people that I already knew that started getting into riding as well. And um, so. I guess the the question in that is that um, do you consider death science um, your your death science brothers? Because I don't know all of them. I know a few of them. I mean, obviously, you guys list a picture and, and name on on the website. Um, but would you consider? That's
0: Just so you know who to punch in the face when you see him. <laughs>
1: right. That's or awesome. Or buy a beer. <laughs> I think I'd probably buy him a beer. <laughs> That's fine. Um, but no hand jobs, especially on the first date. No. I'm not, I'm not from, everybody well, has their standards. <laughs> right? I was going to say, I'm not from the South, but then my mom is, and my dad was from Chicago. So I got some in there. Um, are Good they enough. right? Are they, um, would you say you're tight with everybody in death science or there's just that core brotherhood?
0: Um, I'd say I'm tight with everybody. I don't, we don't, I mean, we don't really ask anybody in that we're not tight with, obviously, you know, people have their differences and sometimes we part ways with somebody for whatever reason. That's never a good thing, but it happens, you know. Um, there's definitely some that I'm a lot closer to than others, Mm -hmm. but it's also because, you know, we have some that haven't been in very long and, and, uh, you know, some of them are in because some of the others know them really well and, and wanted them in and we voted them in and I just haven't got to spend a lot of time with them, but um, in general, I feel like everybody that's in death science right now, uh, I'm fairly close to. And then again, there's there's definitely a core group of uh, of us that we're not only in it from the beginning, but just that I obviously spend more time with, or mm-hmm. you know, things like that. But um, yeah, I'm definitely close to all of them, as close as I can be. Um, but again, like any other group of of people, guys, doesn't matter you're always going to have some that have differences or some that just don't mesh quite as well as as others. But uh, for the most part, we all have a good time. We get along and, you know, it's good. it works out.
1: You know, I noticed, um, I don't think you guys have a California representative, do you?
0: Um, We we have one by proxy. He's kind of uh, double dipping. We have um, Steve (laughs) out in uh, uh, California who is, um, as far as me or Tim are concerned, just as close to us as any other death science brother and definitely is like family to us and, and reps our shit heavily as well as his wife or his, his girlfriend and, and their kid. But he's also uh, been a longstanding member of the heavy crew yeah. as well. So we kind of claim him too. He's he's a double dipper, but he's our, our West Coast representative.
1: He is pretty awesome. I, I haven't had the pleasure of meeting him in person, but uh, I've been following him on Instagram for some time and we've we've had some exchanges uh, especially when he went through his rollerblading uh, posting picture phase, which was freaking hilarious. Um, if you guys who are listening to the podcast don't know who we're talking about, you can go check out Steve underscore wrong on Instagram and uh, set yourself up someplace comfortable and start laughing. And then you can ooh and ah at the pictures of his new baby vampire. Or I should Dracula. say Dracula. Yeah, Dracula. <laughs> um, which I just got to say, man, that kid is beautiful. I mean, I'm pretty. I'm Which pretty. Is crazy
0: because uh, it looks just like Steve. So to be able to say <laughs> the kid's beautiful and he looks just like Steve is almost like an oxymoron, but it's not because <laughs> Steve is also beautiful in his own like grizzly Sasquatchian fucking devil worshipping way.
1: And so, you could just say kid's he's adorable. You could just say he's a beautiful man. I think he's a beautiful man.
0: Oh, I mean, he is, but in his own way, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, that guy's worthy of any hand job I could conjure up. <laughs> I'd bang him.
1: I, I think I i would definitely start our relationship with a hug, but, uh, you know, who knows what it would mature to at some point.
0: Hugs are good. Just watch where the hands go.
1: Yeah, right. Um, we have about probably three to five minutes left, and I want to close off the show with um, – I already asked you what the worst thing you've gone through, and, and you were candid with us, and I appreciate that, um, specifically because I think that, again – On this big round rock it's the people that make differences in other people's lives it's we're the ones that support each other or you know blow each other up whichever it may be um but in my case i've seen people work as a community and not like a weird socialist hippie thing but like in actuality you have a need and i'm able to help you out um and there may be some yeah. people that are going through divorce and just to be able to know that someone else is going through it and that he you know, hasn't locked himself in the room and blown his head off yet um, because he's looked at the positive. He's looked at his kids um, and he's got more to live for. I think that's uh, important for other people to see. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. Um,
0: No, you make it sound so bad,
1: dude. (laughs) It's heavy, man. That's a heavy thing, you know?
0: I mean, yeah, it's heavy, but there's way worse shit you could be going through, you know? God forbid something was wrong with one of my kids, or you got a homeboy right now whose kid is not, you know, I mean, you know, it, it could be way worse, dude, but I mean, again, it's, don't get me wrong, and like I said, it's probably some of the worst shit I've ever gone through, but I mean, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. And like you said, luckily I have good friends, I have good support, you know, I have a great girl, I have great kids, you know, it is what it is, when the smoke clears, everything will be fine, and we'll be drinking beer and looking at tits, just like we always are.
1: <laughs> well, sometimes people don't have that perspective, though, Some, sometimes, and I can speak for myself in this, that, um, you know, you might get into a place where you go, God, like, this is never going to end, or like, I don't know what, what I'm going to do, you know, and... Um,
0: yeah, I mean, there's definitely bouts of that where I get in those moods where I just want to say, fuck it all. And, you know, right. if I hadn't sold my bike, I'd get on my bike and just ride away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, let's let's close off the show with you telling me what's the best experience you've had in your life to date.
0: Um, I mean, if, you, if you're talking just a single experience, I don't know, I guess that'd be really hard um to to sort of conjure up outside of anything to do with my kids i mean you know most parents or fathers or mothers you ask them what their you know their their best experiences are or experience and, and most of them are going to tell you you know the birth of their kids or something to do with their kids and so i guess you know if if we're we're talking along those lines uh, you know it's definitely my kids there's there's times where i want to strangle them and there's times where <laughs> You know, I, I miss them to death, but, um, and sometimes I'm doing both at the same time, Yeah. but not strangling them, wanting to strangle
1: them and missing <laughs> them.
0: I don't strangle my kids for anybody that's listening. Um,
1: there will be no transcript of this interview.
0: Yeah. Well, that's good. Uh, I mean, outside of that, you know, uh, honestly is, is, is cheesy and gay as it may sound outside of my kids. It's probably been meeting, uh, Jenny, um, it's probably been the best thing so far. Uh, you know, choppers are gay, so I don't really give a fuck about those things. And <laughs> right. you know, most of my buddies are gay, and so that doesn't really count. But
1: you well, know, is she is she the reason? Life shit, you know? Is she the reason you've been flying out to California? Uh, yes. Yeah, the frequent California yeah. trips. Mm-hmm. And see that that yep. says something, man. I mean, you're flying halfway across the country to be with somebody you love and you care about and uh that's all the way
0: across the country actually
1: yeah <laughs> Not it's true all the way. sorry you're right i've driven <laughs> i've driven that before i don't know why i said halfway across the country um that's important man it's important and i think that uh that's something definitely be grateful for and you're right most parents would say hey my kids the birth of my kid i mean i'll be honest the birth of my first kid scared the crap out of me my wife almost died like the baby was a Yeah, not early. so much the
0: process of it, just the <laughs> yeah. fact that your kid came into this world, you right. know. Um, the actual birthing part, no, no thanks. <laughs> now, Steve Wright, on the other hand, would tell you that I believe he watched it and probably either videotaped it or sketched the whole thing out on a pad of satanic paper, but <laughs> he may tell you that the birthing process yeah. was the best thing, but for me it was just them actually being born and getting to hold them. But, yeah. Um, you know. <laughs>
1: yeah it's truth it is truth well matt uh this has been an absolute pleasure um i've been wanting to get you on the line to talk to you uh for a while now we we tried to set it up in person but uh jenny stole all your time and i can totally understand why (laughs) 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 and i and i i uh i don't blame you um i'm really looking forward to to born free and uh i kind of knew about the day before thing but i wanted to hear it from you
0: Show class stuff? Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. I've, yeah. I've been plugging Daniel to say, hey, man, when are you, are you guys coming out? How are you coming out? I mean, my house is here in Orange. I literally live probably 20 minutes from Cook's Corner. and um, Oh, cool. So I'll be camping, but I'll be in a nice, comfortable bed.
0: <laughs> You're smart.
1: Nah, I kind of want to be there drinking beers and barbecuing and doing stupid stuff too, but we'll see how it goes.
0: Good. It's always good to have an exit plan.
1: Right. No well, uh,
0: shit, it's a fan.
1: <laughs> I got one of those for life. I definitely need one of those for uh, for Chopper events. Good enough. All right, Matt. Well, thank you very much, uh, Matt Brielle. And am I am saying your last name correctly, Brielle? Yep, good awesome. enough. Awesome. Matt, thank you for being on Chopper Profits. Uh, make sure to check out Death Science on the web. I believe you guys have your own URL, right? It's not just the blog. It's uh, www.deathscience.com. Yeah, we actually
0: pulled our shit together enough to get a deathscience.com URL a couple years ago. So imagine that. (laughs) Uh, Same for show class. class Showclassmag.com, deathscience.com. You could Google search southern idiot dumbasses and probably it would come up too. (laughs) I don't know.
1: (laughs) That is awesome. There you heard it right from the man himself. And, of course, you can check out chopperprofits.com. And uh, check out pictures. I don't know if we'll have any pictures from this interview. Sorry, I was using my phone. But uh, you could definitely check <laughs> out the links to Death Science and also Show Class Mag on chopperprofits.com.
0: I'll send you some news to post. Up. Ooh, I cannot
1: wait. <laughs> Take care, All right, Mike.